It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join myself and Doug Norrie this week, Thursday night, to get in on the action. And the action we're talking about on today's episode is big off-season plans for the Brooklyn Nets. We start diving in on it, of course, talking about the big three, what their contract extensions could look like this summer. The Brooklyn Nets got a small sample size of these three on the court. It was elite-level basketball, so there's no reason not to want to do it. But what are the potential ramifications and the approach that Sean Marks, Joseph Sy may take on trying to bring back the big three while still accomplishing surrounding them with the talent they need to pursue a championship next season. It's all coming up on a great episode, but first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day, including Monday, which is kind of a holiday for a lot of people. I'm Doug Nori, owner-operator, DFSR.com. If you need a projection for FanDuel or DraftKings, go check out DFSR.com. And that is Adam Armbrecht, keeping New York City on lock. The voice of the Brooklyn Nets on Sportscaster. Also the host of the One Giant Podcast, where he and his boy Andy Mack are breaking on the New York football Giants. Buddy, how are we doing the day after the most independent day of the year? <laughs> I never felt more independent than I did yesterday. Uh, listen, holidays are done. Like you said, it's not a holiday for us. We get right back at it. The uh, The table officially gets set starting tomorrow night for the NBA Finals where, again, we, we've had these conversations. We're going to get into a ton of net-specific stuff and the offseason, contracts, extensions, like we said we were going to. But after all it's said and done, injuries and the ups and downs, we're going to get a Finals in the NBA that has two really good storylines on each side of it. Assuming that Giannis can come back healthy and play, we're going to get one of the top, whatever, four, five guys in the league that's going for his first title. He's just about to hit the prime of his career. So the table's set for him to start building those cornerstones of his legacy. And then you got Chris Paul, who we all know, Doug Norrie, bit of a bit of a fan. And he maybe gets to put the final feather in his cap for a Hall of Fame career that he's already set. But the, the last thing that eludes him is a championship. Yeah, for all the hand-wringing that we did around like the nature of how the playoffs went, and I think that was mostly correct um, in terms of... Yeah, I, I do agree the, mostly with where you went with it. Yeah, like the overall talent level leading into it, if Giannis can play. You know, I've seen some people kind of complaining that this is that around you know, just who ended up in the finals. It's really, if, if he's healthy to play, it is you can't really make a case against these two teams making it. I mean, this was the second-best record and the fourth, not fifth best record in the league, you know, for the regular season. That's not 
those aren't like two nobody teams heading into the into the finals, right? <laughs> like the Suns, if the, if you have the second best record in the regular season, for whatever you want to say about how the regular season went, and then you have the Bucks, who you know were a game away, not two games away from that two seed in the East, and then still went through the Nets, even though they were a compromised team. The final, what you get in the finals, has enough superstar talent, I think, to make it make you as an NBA fan feel okay about it I felt like if, if Atlanta had made it through and that version of them or that version of the Clippers had made it through I felt like it would have been a very different situation but getting what you get now even after all the starts and stops and injuries and stuff if again it's all goes to comes down to if Giannis plays or not if he doesn't play I think you have a I still think you have some question marks there but um if he does and I, I think he's going to at least at some point here in the series, uh, I think you can feel pretty good about it in terms of, like you said, what the storylines are, the superstars, and it's a superstar league. And if you can have two of them and some budding guys like Booker and, and whatnot kind of in there also, I think in the end, you'll look back at this finals and say, okay, yeah, that was a that was a pretty good one. So I think, yeah, no, I think the thought process leading into it was where we were last week was correct. And this this would also, I think, be fine. Again, assuming the Greek freak actually takes the court. Well, I mean, listen, worst case scenario, we're talking about a legacy opportunity for Bobby Portis, which I think is basically apples and apples. Those things go hand in hand and and fans will be just as intrigued if it's if it's the Bobby Portis storyline as well. But you're right, though, uh, you know, as we say, superstars drive the league and on the Brooklyn Nets side of things, <laughs> Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving and James Harden obviously are the superstars that drive the Brooklyn Nets. And that's where our off season and what's possible for the Nets as far as improving this team and what could change for them. That's where it all starts around the big three that had, as we've said throughout the year, an interesting, let's say first year together because go back not only to the year prior when we didn't get that full sample size of Kyrie while waiting for KD this year, as we move into the off season and these guys are available for extensions we look back at a year where we didn't quite get the full taste of them, at least not as much as we want, even though the sample size when they were together was absolutely beyond all expectations of what we could have wanted coming in. For sure. So the, we went through last week uh, a question for each player on the Nets that it was going to need to be answered in the offseason. It was pretty remarkable that we had basically a question for every single guy. <laughs> I don't think a lot of other teams typically have that kind of thing, but the Nets definitely do. And the question around the big three and Durant, Irving, and Harden uh, is where they are with their contracts. And so just as a quick refresher here, the, all three guys are under contract for this upcoming season, the 21-22 season. Uh, at certain numbers, they're kind of, Harden may, is up for the most. This is probably not all that important. For around, I'm going to do round numbers here. 44 million. KD is at 41 million. And Kyrie is at $35 million. Now, all three, as luck sort of would have it, have player options for 22-23. Uh, and they're escalating, so it's KD at 47. K, uh, excuse me, no, sorry, Harden at 47, KD at 43, and Kyrie at $37 million. So the question I think the Nets need to ask themselves about these guys, and they're going to, and it's uh, starting August 1st, all, or maybe August 3rd, one of those two days, all three guys are up for extensions right now, or excuse me, right, right then. And so, so the Nets need to probably ask themselves two questions. One, are we going to extend them? It feels the answer clearly yes. We'll go over maybe what the small question marks are around, around, those, around those kind of numbers and stuff here in a second. 
And are you able to do all three together? And this is, I think, where it gets interesting because it feels like all three are tied together, at least in like a media narrative, because they get spoken about together, right? Like big three, and you kind of mention them all, and those are the superstars. And I get the sense that the Nets feel like it it's the same way, and then sometimes these things aren't the way you think they are, right? Like as, as much as players outwardly appear as if they're all kind of together and you know want the best for all three, I, I, I that's not a guarantee either. And so before we get into like the firm numbers, do you think the Nets view it as like we all need to ha- we need to have them all sign on the bottom line like the same day like almost like a college signing day where we have everyone sitting together right <laughs> like do you think all three need to take the dais at the same t- dais whatever you however you say that word at the same time and ink these things together or do you think that could be like problematic right do you think they're so tied together that they would all have to have these discussions at the same time or do you think they are enough of separate entities because the way we talk about them is almost always now just grouping them together as three guys. And I'm just want to make sure that you know we're not overstating that because that's just become sort of a narrative that we that we all do and we've all kind of maybe walked ourselves into. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And once when the Nets traded for Harden, I don't know if if that move automatically then said, and now these guys are tied together. You know, now whatever happens because of the way the contracts line up, as you as you said, automatically this is what we're doing. We're we're tied to this. Now, I know they gave up a lot to get there. I think that the results. And how James Harden played, and the and how important he made himself to this team, then starts to turn this thing over to say, well, as we talked about throughout the year, Harden might be the most important player for the regular season. Kevin Durant clearly proved that he's the most important player for the postseason, or the most important player overall, maybe. But James Harden proved that he can be the guy that runs the offense, that sets up a point guard. Now, theoretically, you could say maybe Kyrie becomes the least important out of the three, but he's the cog that that set this whole thing in motion in Brooklyn. So if everyone is considered to be important and crucial to what's happening going forward, I think that it needs to probably be what you're saying. Everyone walks up, they all sit down, and they all sign on the dotted line together committing to what would be, I think we'll get into the numbers, but four, three, and four to KD, Harden, and then Kyrie as far as what they're up for on the maximum extensions in terms of numbers of years. Because otherwise, and you could have these conversations behind closed doors, but otherwise, you know the questions are going to be out there. And maybe that doesn't matter for the Nets per se. It doesn't matter for these guys. You know, We know how Kevin Durant likes to engage with people as far as the media is concerned, and he could probably have some fun with it. But I think you either want to know one way or the other, are we are we planning for the next three or four years together, or are we planning to get through this season and then see what the landscape looks like? And I just don't know. I guess maybe Kyrie's the only guy, as weird as that maybe sounds, he's the only guy based on his personality where you would say, maybe you don't know for sure what his intentions or plans would be after this upcoming season when they can have the player option. Harden and KD, I think that, they got the sample size together after Kyrie, even in a small, a little bit in the playoffs there when Kyrie first went down, where you go, this is where we're going to be together to try to get these next championships or for Harden, his first championship. Maybe Kyrie is an X factor inside of that. I don't know. But if everybody wants to be here, it just seems like it makes the most sense to say, then let's make it official together. 
this is our run now, and Kyrie being the youngest would be the guy that on the back end, maybe he extends even beyond that and does end up being the long-term player that stays with Brooklyn throughout the remainder of his career. Yep. Uh, you know, I think that, well, I'll respond to that in a second, uh, because I think there's a couple things that get brought up there and then sort of how they're tied together and how the timelines might just be just a little different for each guy. And there's also, there's some money considerations. Maybe Joseph side doesn't have the same, uh, same thought process around that as maybe just your average lay person does, but going to get to that all in a second. First, got to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar. All the great flavors over at Built Bar, the very best protein bar out there. They've also has a limited, limited time flavor, the Built Grasshopper Cookie. This thing just came in the mail for us the other day. Went down absolutely like lightning. The Grasshopper Cookie is available only July 6th through July 9th. If you know about the Thin Mint Cookie, that's what you're getting with the Grasshopper Cookie from Built Bar. If you're not into that, tons of other flavors as well. Coconut, raspberry, strawberry, cookies and cream. All of it there for you at Built Bar. 17 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all super tasty, all very healthy. Right now, you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And of course, today, the road to the finals, our NBA playoff coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 cars and 95 calories. We can all enjoy the games just a little bit more. I predict Chris Paul gets his first chip later in these playoffs, but we'll touch base on that as we move through them. Uh, when you talk about these numbers, and, and as you say, some of the different scenarios for these individual players, I'm assuming we'll get into the money, but Kyrie being under 30 and Kevin Durant and James Harden being 32, 33, does that play into how these this situation could be approached, whether from the team side or from the player side? Well, I, not, I mean, the ages, I, I think that you're, you want to extend them out for as far, long, far as possible, no matter what. I think the age, you're just going to live with it. Like, if you get declining years on the end of the Harden and Durant thing, I think you just end up being okay with it because that's the that's the nature of having superstars, and you sort of pay the piper at the end. But that's the, the goal is to get these guys locked up first and kind of figure out everything else second. Now, the Nets can only extend them each max of three years um one of them might be shorter the max um i know that the kd and harden can only go out maybe Kyrie can only go one shorter year but the because they have the player option can go good yeah so i'll just real quick yeah uh kd is up for four for 192 
that's at 48 million a year average. Yeah. Uh, three for 161 for Harden. That's 53 million average a year, and then four for 181 at 45 average for Kyrie. Right. So I guess my point being, the max for any of these guys to go out is, is three more years after the next year player option, uh, or the 22, yep. 23 player option. So you're not going to, you can't go just because of the the vagaries of the CBA. You can't go further than that, which actually kind of in some weird ways helps the Nets because that's just that's the max they can go anyway. So they're not going to actually have to nitpick around the years which actually is good for the nets right because if they want to do those extensions um they're not going to have to you know project it out for four to five years or something like that on where you might get into some really tricky territory with the age and the health right now some of these guys have not had health concerns except they're all of a sudden after his entire career of not having any health concerns Harden had health issues this year right so it's like (laughs) so it's one of these things where um now again, you sign on the dotted line immediately, probably because and we're, and especially with an owner like Sai who is already committed to going well into the tax, you're not really going to you're not gonna like you're not worried about that as much as other teams. I'm so, you still not you still love to not pay the tax, but they're already sort of pot committed in terms of that, and it seems like that's just the way it's going to be. Now it gets. It gets harder when you get into repeater tax stuff, and the, the, the bills can really, really escalate, right? Like so, um, there's a breaking point for everybody in terms of money, whether the guy and you know, the guy's worth you know ten to eleven billion dollars as it is. I get it, but look, everyone, you don't get rich by continuing to just like spend money that you don't need to. That's just a <laughs> that's just a tenant of the rich, I think. So, um, this is all to say the Nets don't have to. They don't have to do too much negotiation around the years. Now, where it might get interesting is if they say to these guys, because one, I don't think they're going to walk all three walk in and ask for the same money. The reason I don't think that's going to be the case is because we already have an example where they didn't. Like Harden and, excuse me, KD, I keep screwing up the, the, the big three here. KD and Kyrie, even when they first came, did not make the same amount of money. KD made $39 million, uh this year. Kyrie made thirty-three. So it wasn't like they even walked in and said, you know, this is, we have to make the same, right? Now, they both took discounts because that was to get DeAndre Jordan into the mix. But the, I don't think you're going to see a situation where, and just the contract, like the CBA kind of says this anyway, like they're not going to ask for all the same money. Now, do you think though the Nets say to them, look, I know you're eligible for X amount, like that 48, like for instance, you said the 48 million average over the four, that's what they're eligible for. That That need not mean they get it. Right, <laughs> they mean not right. like they don't need to sign up to that number because the Nets can say to them, "Look, yes, you are eligible and probably, frankly, deserve that money, but it might come at the cost of us being able to do some other moves around the roster." Do you think like how far do you think they get into that part of the discussion? Yeah, because when you talk about this past year and these, the, the the rough numbers on it were the Nets had the threshold was set this past season at 132 million. The Nets were up at 165, almost 166 million. So they were negative 33 million on the luxury cap space. And the luxury estimated luxury tax bill this past year was 100 million. And you think, good Lord, you got to figure out a way to get better on that. But now next year, if they don't do any contract extensions, all the numbers are roughly the same. There are 26 million over the threshold and it ends up costing them 68 million in the estimated luxury tax bill. So that number is already big. And I think to your point, you go, well, Joe, if you didn't care about it, then why why care about it now? But the funny thing to me is or the interesting thing is going to be when you go and say, well, you're all available for extensions, even if and, and maybe it's possible that you go to them and you say, well, 
instead of 48, 53, 45, can we get to 44, 49, and 40? Now, doing that probably only keeps you basically around where you're projected to be already, well over and well into the luxury tax and paying a big bill. So it, it it's a weird situation that it only technically matters if Joseph Sy has a number in his mind. If he has this thing in his head of, well, I don't want to just throw away money because we're giving these contracts out. If he's accepted that, then there's nothing really stopping him from if these guys want want the numbers that they're maximum available for, he can give it to them, and then he can still go accomplish whatever else he sees fit. The other, you know, there's there's one little piece about other contract that you know holds cap holds as far as players that could be on the roster, et cetera, that we're going to get into later in the week. Those numbers are all relative compared to the to the money you're going to give out to the big three. So I, I just don't. Do I think that all of them would take less than the max? Yes. If it brings down the number to a point where Joseph Sai, where Sean Mark says, if you guys come down to here, then it, it affords us to go pursue a player, whether through sign and trade, free agency, et cetera, that is going to cost in the 15 to 20 million per year. Not because it opens up the cap room, we get totally below the, the luxury threshold, but because this is where Joseph Sai is comfortable spending the extra money. So if one equals two, you know, if doing A gets you to B, then I think the superstars might be willing to do that. If it's all relative to that, we're going to be signing MLEs and it's going to be veterans and we're going to have to just kind of do whatever we can do around you, then why take, why would these guys take less unless it's going to have an immediate impact on the court and what they're able to get? I mean, not to, I'm not getting in the weeds at all. When you talk about all these names out there like Ben Simmons and big players with big contracts, right? If the Nets organization tells the big three, we can dance in those type of waters. If you take less, then yes, it's on the table. Otherwise, give us the max. We're the big three. And let's also assume if we're healthy, we're still going to be the favorite to win the championship regardless of who else you put around us. Yeah, I think that's I think they're going to clearly be the I mean, look, they're all going to be they're all going to be on the team this season. I, I think so. It's like we're putting the card a little bit ahead of the horse only because they just are. This isn't a contract negotiation for this year at all, right? Right. It's just, it's just, it's going to hang over the head of this year, and that's why we're speaking about it, getting in, getting out ahead of it now. Because I think what you don't want to have the conversation mid-season. I don't. I think you, you, the, the worst case scenario would be you don't extend them now, and then. Well, I'll give you the okay. Look, hold on, I'll give you the worst case scenario in one second because um, the worst case scenario is maybe something that net fans aren't going to want to hear. But um, I don't think it's all that possible. But it's definitely on the table. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online. We're going to bet on something right now. I bet that all three of the big three sign extensions. I don't think you can get that on Bet Online, but you can get just about everything else. Basketball season as we head to the NBA championships is up there. Baseball season in full swing. Before the next tip off, before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online. Check out all the great news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. It's your chance to get into the game as we roll through. The playoffs almost done with the NBA championship here. Head on over to the website and use the promo code LOCKED ON when you sign up. And when you make that deposit, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus, but you have to use the promo code locked on like our podcast network bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So as you say, I, I know you're going to get into your scenario, worst case scenario. I'll paint the picture of, you know, the Nets were more than willing to pay Kevin Durant coming off of his injury to get him over to the Brooklyn Nets. They traded for Harden. If they go into this year without maybe getting these extensions done and say any of these guys get hurt again, are the Nets then maybe going to come to the table and say, say it's James Harden. This will be back to back years where you've had some injury concerns. Maybe we'd like to structure things. You know, that takes into account that your health may be in decline before we give you the extension. You know that James Harden isn't going to come in thinking that. He's going to come in thinking, yeah, fluky. I've been an Iron Man my entire career. I'm going to be back strong. So while that maybe would be to the benefit of the Nets, you just don't want to get into these what if or the possibilities of how things could play out this year. It just opens the door up, right? You'd rather just say, we're all here. We're all going to be here. Now let's keep moving forward. Right, because the worst case scenario you can have here is not that um, you know, frankly, letting the season, it's the worst case scenario isn't even the injury part of it. It's that you're going to have questions around it the entire season. Like you just don't want to, you don't want to live under this cloud of what's going to happen with these player options, right? Like that is, I think that's the worst case scenario. I think you'd like to just say, Hey, we have, it's almost like what we, you know, what the situation when KD and Kyrie first signed, where even when KD wasn't even playing and they just, you knew they were locked up for three years. It was just kind of like, okay, good. Let's just figure it out. He's not playing the season. We know this season is going to be the way it is. We're not worried about if they, you know, will they, won't they for the following seasons or whatever. We just know that this is going to be the case, at least for the three seasons that was going back to when they first signed. I think if you go into this year without that being the case, it will be a full season of what's going to happen next year with these guys, good or bad, healthy or unhealthy, right? It will still always be hanging over. I think you can... Because that stuff's going to happen, like health or not health is going to happen anyway, right? And I don't think there's really, you know, short of something absolutely devastating, there's no reason you wouldn't want them on the team the following season, right? I don't think any, you're not going to see a decline for any of these guys, again, short of a devastating injury, which again can happen or not. Um, you're not going to see, you're, you're, there's almost no scenario where you're not going to want these guys on the team the following year. So with that in mind, locking them up now in August, all three set this is Brooklyn now we'll go fill in the rest of the pieces this is the team it's a superstar league we we did we did it we got the superstars they're in the door it's easier to retain someone when they're already there than to go out and find a new one right like this is the, the key these are the keys to just basic business practices they have the three guys there mission accomplished now as we see throughout the league the, the main goal for every organization is once you have the guy, retain them and keep them happy, right? That's just like, that's the other, the other piece of the NBA that's become now is the, the joke is, you know, you're just one day away from the superstar in your team, not wanting to be there anymore. Literally happens every single year with multiple teams. <laughs> so if the Nets can avoid that piece of it and avoid it having be any part of the question mark around other, I'm sure other question marks going into next year, getting it done August 3rd or whatever would be the first major I mean I'm sure it's not gonna happen that day but like the first major win for the Nets in the offseason would just be not have to answer that question anymore move on and look folks the money piece 
like no one need worry about that part of it. <laughs> like the, for the most people listening, the difference between 45 million and 42 million, like no one can really concept. Not, few people are going to be able to conceptualize that anyway. The key is just get it done and then, you know, deal with the rest of it as it may, because that has to be goal number one. Yeah. As someone who could really wrap his head around that type of number, let me tell you, it's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> I think, I think about it. If I have a 20 in my pocket or I have $17, it's basically the same thing. So me, me <laughs> and Joe, go. we get it. Uh, but in the, no, I, I think you're right. I agree with you on, on all of that. And I do think that if you're Sean Marks and you're Joseph Sy, by the way, when you went and signed Kyrie and KD, and then when you went and traded for Harden, this was already in your mind. Like this isn't, you know, Sean Marks isn't going to Joseph Sy and saying, so here's the thing. <laughs> you know, and then laying out these contracts like this was all on the table on the front end and what it was going to look like following the first couple of years, et cetera. So I don't think, you know, from that standpoint, you're not walking into it and then wondering the what ifs about it. The other piece of this and what we're what we're going to be doing as we get through the other players on this team, it becomes a little bit more interesting as far as the regular season performances, their postseason performances and how that impacts what the Nets may want to do. But you want to call it the footnote to all of this conversation Remember, this was a career year for Kevin Durant in terms of his field goal percentage, three-point shooting, and free throw percentage. It was also a career year for Kyrie Irving in all of those categories. It was also a career year in terms of field goal percentage for James Harden, a little bit below or basically on par in three-point shooting and free throw shooting for him. So even though the sample size was small, which I don't think we were going to be shocked by, but did the small sample size that we got during the regular season tell you enough of what these guys can be? And that's such a... This is such a shameful question. I know what the answer is, but maybe let me frame it differently. Were you surprised by the, the by the product of these three on the court together this year? Do you wish that you got a little bit more from them? And how much better was it maybe than expectations? And I think this a yeah. lot of this evolves around what James Harden ended up being for this team once he came over. It's that second part. It's like the it was exceeded expectations when they actually played together. I, I think that there was always a sense that the offense was going to be. Uh, great. It was the basically his, like borderline historic when they played together. Um, the defense was good enough, um, and when they were able to f- slot in the pieces around them, uh, just to say, "Hey, you're going to get outscored," and we can just the defense need not be even all that great to make up for how much we're just going to absolutely just dominate you on the offensive end. They ended up playing like what 202. Yeah, I said what? Like I wasn't looking at it. They played 202 total minutes uh, <laughs> over over the course of the season, so it wasn't much in the regular season. But the the offensive rating, defensive rating, it was a 119.8 offensive rating, uh, 119.6, 112.5 uh, on the defense, which is you know plus 7.1. That's awesome, <laughs> or 7.2 uh, when you round the decimal. So that's just it's awesome. Like they just destroyed other teams, and the fact that. I think it only exceeded expectations. I think the only question you have is, yeah, right, like going into it would say you gave yourself a few months to f- see if it would work. I think that you, th- th- even though the sample size was very small, it was it was plenty big enough <laughs> to know that it works, right? <laughs> I think that like that is really without question now around whether or not these three guys can coexist when all, they're all playing on the court together. That's That question was answered and then some. So if th- that was really probably the only concern. Right was oh how are Ky- and really it wasn't even around Durant it was like how are, in the backcourt yeah. will Harden and Kyrie be able to coexist with each other by the way that they you know sort of play on ball and want to play and the stylistically and all this other stuff um, there's no question about that now I think everyone found we saw it. they spoke about it they found the roles they found uh, 
a place within the offense that they all fit and felt comfortable with. And we saw that the returns were tremendous when they were actually able to do it together. And it was just the fact that they just kind of weren't over the period of time because of health and other things. So, no, I think from that point of view, yeah, I think the expectations were only exceeded. I don't think that right. That was the only question anyone had was, was this going to be able to work together? Can they all kind of, based on what we know about these guys and how they play and how they are as personalities, will it work together? And the answer was such a resounding yes that, that's that's what makes these extensions so easy too. I think it's you do it without thought. I think right. It's like, it's like it's one of these long yeah, episodes to say like this is kind of easy, in a way that maybe wouldn't have seemed that even that easy six months ago. And they didn't win the championship, and it still seems easy, which I think well, which is really kind of speaks to all the check marks. And, and I and I think you know in a quiet moment, I bet that, that Marks and 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 Joe Sai would say you know from a personality standpoint. This went better than we ever thought. Now, there, like you said, there's the injuries and everything else, but in terms of what are these three guys going to be like together, everyone kind of fell into their roles, and and maybe the biggest beneficiary was was Kyrie being able to be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm an absolute elite talent, and also I just get to kind of do my thing now because James Harden, from a basketball standpoint, is such a dominant presence on the course court, but a dominant presence in a I want to set people up way, which was okay, great, because now Kyrie gets to still do his thing without the pressure of running the offense and being underneath that scrutiny, let alone what Kevin Durant can do for you on the court as well. So I think you're right. I mean, it's funny to say, in spite of the fact that they didn't get the sample size maybe you wanted during the regular season and the injuries and the shortcomings of the playoffs, everything else, this is still such a resounding success in so many other ways this year. Understanding that the Nets came into it probably thinking, get ourselves to the playoffs and we're going to go win a championship this season. That was obviously the intention. And yet there's still a lot of positive take away from it. And I'll just, a very quick aside was that Kevin Durant in the playoffs, as we know, not a lot of people around him, no key stars around him. He played to a plus two Raptor rating defensively, just in terms of that piece that we all wondered about during the regular season. These are also guys that can ratchet up that end of, of the court when it comes to the postseason. And I think at least, at least that little bit, if you want to take away something else, because the last piece here was we wanted to talk about regular season and postseason grades for other players. We're not going to do it for these guys. There's no point. They're all A pluses. But what they can elevate to in the playoffs as well is a different factor that we didn't get a, an enormous sample size on this year. But I think it's what the team and the organization thought would happen. And at least in a very small dose, I, we saw that. That, okay, the regular season is going to look a little funky, but by the time we get to the playoffs when we need some of those sequences, we're going to be able to get them out of the elite talent because, as you, as you and I have discussed, most elite players are capable of turning that aspect on when it's needed most. Yeah, like look, they're, they're a, ham, a little hamstring uh, injury, you know, 30% of a hamstring injury to Harden and a landing on Giannis's foot for Kyrie away from just one of those two things didn't have to happen and they would have won the championship, I think, or at least would have been in the championship. Right. So I think yeah. like and I think I can say that pretty confidently uh, just by the way the next series went and everything else uh, and who they would have been playing. Um, I think that like I think I'm, I feel very, very confident in thinking that I don't and I don't think that's a minority opinion. I think basically everyone agrees with that. So uh, I don't think that there's any question around like what this it's just a complete it's just a complete package with these guys. And so it has to be the priority. I really hope once we get to August, uh, we see it happen. I think we will. I think that that everyone, my guess is, especially in the state of this current NBA, everyone is on the same page with that. We've heard no rumblings otherwise. So I think uh, step one for the Nets, like we said, come August contract extensions for these three guys uh, and then we work out the rest of it we are going to go through the rest of it also over this week and next week 
as we talk about the, all the nets, uh, the question marks for each player on this uh, on this roster, we'll deal with each player one by one. Next up is going to be Spencer Dinwiddie uh, and that player option that he has already opted out of, what it means for the nets, what they can possibly turn it into. It becomes one of the biggest moves probably for the team in the offseason. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with that. In the meantime, make sure you rate and review the podcast wherever you listen. Five stars or bust. Maybe you want to just like and subscribe. That one's easy too. Just a click away wherever you listen to the podcast. Rate and review, like and subscribe really helps the podcast numbers continue to grow a uh, very easy way to help rate and review like and subscribe and of course you can head over and listen to currently going on right now the ultimate mock draft 2021 presented by locked on and odyssey features analysis from the goat of nba mock drafts chad ford and odyssey nba experts brian scalabrini and former general manager ryan mcdonough our locked on nba local experts like ourselves will be making the selections and trades for all your favorite teams the brooklyn nets throughout this week-long special event it's still going on right now you can search the ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast needs fulfilled Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-E. Say it with me. Odyssey. And hey, friends, I played professional-level sports, and when you're playing for money, it's a whole other level. Not for these fine friends, and that's Kurt Russell talking about the game of sport. Oh, one of the all-time great posts. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.